Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label with the ultimate goal of trying to demystify the concept of running a record label because a lot of this information, uh, we didn't have a platform to chat about or it was kind of held behind gatekeepers or people that were not approachable. And so part of this series that if you're just dropping in now or if you've been listening for a long time or if you just found this episode months and years later, it doesn't matter. Part of the series is to ask some of the common questions that I hear from our community members on Facebook. I get in emails from you guys and I chat about with you if on our clarity calls. We want to tackle some of these really common questions. And a really simple question, but a really good question is, can a record label be a digital-only label? We're going to define what that means in a second. And we're going to talk about the pros and cons of being a digital-only label. First of all, a huge shout out to my dear friends at Infinite Catalog who sponsored today's episode. I've told you this before. A couple of years ago, I asked my record label community on Twitter, who is the best at handling record label royalties? And within a few seconds, a handful of indie labels that I respected and admired all said Infinite Catalog. Infinite Catalog is a royalty management software. And to be honest, it's really, really pretty and really easy to use. And the folks over there are humans and really helpful and smart. Anyway, to keep your record labels accounting all neat and tidy and transparent and to make sure your artists get paid, go to infinitecatalog.com. So let's tackle this question of can a record label be a digital-only label? Let's define what a digital-only label is. Well, maybe 30 years ago or more, there was no such thing as a digital-only label. There was a record label. You would manufacture a physical product. There's nothing digital to manufacture. And then you would ship those products to local retail stores, international retail stores or catalogs or whatever. The only way that people would interact with your brand would be on a record, in a record store, in a magazine, in a catalog, maybe on television. With the internet and even this concept, and maybe you've heard the concept of a net label. A net label is the same thing as a digital label. And this term has been around for 20 odd years. And basically with the internet, it provides this opportunity to keep your costs at zero essentially and just distribute music digitally. And today, in a lot of cases, the music stays 100% digital. And I'm not speaking ill of this at all. I actually think it's a beautiful side of the spectrum, very much like all analog. We have all analog record labels that record straight tape, and they try to keep the digital component out of it, and then they press right to vinyl. Very cool. This is the other end of the spectrum, where people are kind of keeping things all digital, people recording on their laptops and then uploading the WAV files to Bandcamp and then fans are listening directly on their mobile devices. Super cool. Like I think it's that connectivity is amazing. And so our digital only record label is a record label that only releases digitally as opposed to also releasing their albums or their EPs on vinyl and CD and cassette. The average label, if we want to tackle this question right now, get it out of the way. Most of us, we do a hybrid, right? We We release mostly on digital. Most of our releases go on digital with some weird exceptions, but most everything is uploaded to streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And then I would say, you know, for a lot of us, 50 to 75% of our releases get some sort of physical release, whether that's on cassette or CD or a nice vinyl package. Some of us, in my case, there are some records that don't deserve or don't justify a full physical package. And so I might do 
you know, a big album from an artist that comes out every two or three years on vinyl. But then let's say a single or an acoustic EP or a live EP, we only do digital. And so that's the hybrid approach. But the question is, could someone completely disregard vinyl, cassettes, and CDs and still be successful or still reach an audience? So if you don't feel like listening to this whole episode, the answer is yes. If you just want that shortcut, yes, you can be a digital-only label. I love it. And remember, aside from not being a jerk and aside from making sure your artists get paid, there are no rules. That's what I've learned. That's not me preaching. These episodes aren't me preaching. I'm learning this from the people that I get to chat with, the incredible independent record labels that I get to chat with on this show. The answer is there are no rules. And I've just observed this. I've seen how people don't do things that I thought you're supposed to do. And then I've seen people do things I thought you're supposed to do. And it really didn't make that much of a difference and people experimenting all over the place. And so there really are no rules. We're going to dive into the pros and cons of this. Um, but I just want to make sure that you know there are no rules, so don't stress about this. And the short answer is yes, you can be a digital-only label. And surprisingly, you could actually be quite successful at it. And we'll talk about the finances of this because it is kind of a, a cool model. So in some cases, digital-only labels or net labels actually even forego the streaming services. And sometimes that's for uh, ethics reasons, and sometimes that's for financial reasons because it's not free to upload to streaming platforms. And so in some cases, a digital-only label may only exist on SoundCloud or Bandcamp uh, and not publish on the, the traditional DSPs. In some cases, a digital label will, will do all of them. They'll do YouTube. They'll do every single thing that they can to get the music out there digitally. And so there's lots of different ways to do that. There's also a lot of motives too. And by the way, I would love to hear from you if you are a digital only label and you have a unique motive. But keeping your costs down is a big motivation, which we'll talk about in a minute. But there's also this idea that some net labels will, and I've seen this all over the place, I think it's incredible, they'll release everything for free. They'll use a Bandcamp free account and they'll put $0 on everything. They'll maybe accept donations, but the artists and the label do this as a hobby and they just want to get music out there. And it's a, it's a great opportunity, especially, especially for like experimental music, avant-garde, weird music, you know, stuff that is hard to break through the mainstream, stuff that's going to have a hard time getting sync licensing deals, stuff that's going to have a hard time getting editorial playlists, you know, like drone stuff and field recordings, a bunch of stuff I really love to be able to go to their Bandcamp or go to their SoundCloud and listen to stuff for free. That's kind of like built in sometimes to the ethos of these labels. Other times it's not true at all. Other times people say, you know what? We can keep our expenses down to like $50 an album. And then if we make $55, we're profitable as opposed to spending $3,000 on a vinyl project and having to make $3,000 just to break even. That's a lot harder to do than if your expenses are zero or $5 or $10. You know what I mean? Okay. 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 Let's talk about real quick. Let's talk about the pros and cons. Okay. So what are the pros? Because I really do like this model. And like I said, I use this model myself for like half of my releases, maybe even more, maybe like 75% of my releases. And people get upset, right? People will email me and be like, is this coming on vinyl? And I'm like, sorry, it's not, you know, it's hard to do vinyl. I kind of want my vinyl to only be like my super 
important records that come out every couple of years, not necessarily like, you know, like, oh, this was like a fun live off the floor in the studio thing. I don't know if I want to press that to vinyl, be part of my canon. You know what I'm saying? Okay, the pros. As I've been mentioning all along, expenses can be close to zero. Expenses can be close to zero. I say close because uh, if you're using, you know, three tone for your digital distribution or CD Baby or DistroKid, then you do have to pay an annual fee. In the case of CD Baby, you have to pay it per release. So it's not 100% zero. If you use SoundCloud, you need to pay to have more time to be able to upload more songs. If you want to do monetization, you have to pay for that. It's not a lot. If you want to just sell the MP3s on your website, there are still hosting costs involved. If you want to use like kind of like a cool digital plugin through Shopify to sell your own waves and FLAC files and MP3s, there is probably a monthly fee. It's like very, very cheap. Um, you could possibly go down to zero by giving the albums away for free or charging a dollar and using only Bandcamp and not messing with the DSPs, the streaming services like Spotify. You could essentially be close to zero. I've talked about this on so many of our materials, um, including our courses, whenever we talk about finances. And I think a great way to look at finances as a record label is to think of offense and defense. And you've probably heard me use this analogy before. I think it's in our books as well. But expenses are like defense, right? We want to keep the ball out of the goal. If uh, And offenses are like going out and getting sales and, and making money. So it's like revenue. And so the way to win a game, I'm guessing here, I don't know much about sports, but the way to win a game is not only to score as many goals as you can, but to keep as many goals out of your own net as possible. And that is the analogy for a, a digital-only label in the sense that they can keep their expenses at almost zero. And so, like I mentioned, if it costs you $50 to release this record, you only need to make $51 to turn a profit as opposed to $3,001 to turn a profit on manufacturing vinyl. So I like digital labels because you can keep your expenses super, super low, and then you can win if the score is only one to zero. You know what I'm saying? So expenses can be close to zero. That's great. Another cool thing about digital-only record labels is the flexibility in release dates. So obviously, you know, we've gone through some turmoil with the pandemic when it comes to manufacturing and timelines have gone. I mean, even before the pandemic, you went from like two to three month lead time to manufacture vinyl all the way up to like 12 to 13 months to manufacture vinyl. Now we're back down pretty low, but who knows, right? Who knows? A ship could get wedged in a canal and things could change. Who knows? And so what I like about digital only is that you're not tied to that. And so when the mastering engineer sends you a mastered file, you know, via WeTransfer download, then that can be uploaded to Bandcamp and could be in the virtual hands of your fans instantly within like two minutes, which I think is a really, really cool thing. And even removing the mastering engineer for a second, how cool is it that like artists, even without a label, can just upload their music as an MP3, believe it or not, unmastered. It's possible. It's been done. No one's died because of it. Uploading it straight to Bandcamp or to SoundCloud and people can be hearing it right away. So you have these flexibility and release dates where you don't have to say, oh, we have to do vinyl, so I need a month to get the artwork together 
and to get the quotes together. Then I need three months of manufacturing, got to test the test pressings, and then it's going to take two weeks to ship them to our location, blah, blah, blah. So, you know what I mean? Like the flexibility in saying the record's done right now. We could actually drop this in three weeks. You know, it's not great lead time for the press, but that's okay. It's, um, it allows you a lot of flexibility. I love that. Um, also, another pro is that it reduces startup friction. And so I like this. What I mean by that is if you're starting a record label, and I know a lot of our listeners are thinking about starting a record label or are in the early stages of starting a record label, releasing digitally only allows you to get started right away. And so you don't have to worry about manufacturing or worrying about some of the more intimidating details. I, I really admire anyone um, who starts a record label with a vinyl release or, you know, or with a seven inch release or with, even with a CD or cassette release because they're really diving in head first and it's dangerous and it's scary, but good for you. Good for you if you've done that. And I bet you that you've learned a ton of lessons. And so starting up digital only really gives you a sense of like, okay, how are people going to respond to things if I, if I drop this? You know, what's a good time of year to release things? What are my friends and family going to think? You know, you start to learn a little bit before. Uh, it's, like a, it's like a dress rehearsal maybe, or even like what's the stage before a dress rehearsal? Again, I don't know anything about theater. I'm using analogies I don't know anything about. But you know what I mean? It's like it's a digital only release is kind of testing the waters a little bit, which is cool. Uh, and finally, another pro I wanted to mention was that it allows for more creative freedom and experimentation. And this is for the artists out there. And but of course, for label owners to communicate this to the artists. And so for me, I'll give you an example. I have my own music that I release under my own name. And I take that catalog very seriously. It's a catalog I've been writing and, and nurturing and releasing for the past, I don't know, maybe 15 years or more. And so I won't just like release anything. I want it to be something I'm super, super proud of. But I have a side project that is like way more experimental. It's instrumental music and it allows me just to be super creative and just relaxed. But that's digital only. I think we originally did like five, 10 tapes on the first release, but those were homemade. But like moving forward right now at this time, it's been a kind of a digital only. And so I like having that outlet as a creative and not being like, I've got to make this so good that it sells 200 copies of vinyl because it's going to be stuck in my garage, you know, and I'm stressed out. When you're a digital only label, I feel like the artists can feel more creative freedom and you as a leader of your company can encourage them to be more experimental and say, Oh, you are a, you know, a hip hop artist and you've decided that you want to release a folk record, you know, on acoustic guitar. What are your fans going to think? Well, if it's digital only, let's do it. Let's see what happens. You know, there's, there's no risks when you do digital only. So I love that. So there's the, the four pros. Expenses can be close to zero flexibility in your release dates and how quickly you can release something. There is a reduced friction uh, in starting your label in the first place. And then you can, uh, it allows for more creative freedom and experimentation. Okay, now let's talk about the cons. And there are cons, by the way. I really, I'm split on this because um, I think there are a lot of things that, about a digital label that can really hurt you and hurt your releases 
and hurt the chances of you releasing be successful. However, I've listed four cons and I've also uh, listed four pros. And that's to illustrate that it's like, there's two sides to this coin. Like there's just as many good reasons as there are bad reasons. So it makes the decision kind of tricky. Then the first con I want to talk about is that you're missing out on high priced items. And so when I press vinyl, not only am I selling vinyl for $25 plus shipping and in the U.S. conversion rate, that makes me a little bit more here in Canada, which is a nice little treat. And as opposed to digital, an album might be five or free or six or seven dollars. You know what I mean? And so all of a sudden now, if I have the same amount of people buy my record on vinyl as they would on digital or even half of that, my annual revenue or the total revenue, not to mention the expenses of the of the vinyl, I won't get into that, but my gross revenue looks pretty cool because I've been able to sell a high-priced item. And there is, actually can be more margin, total margin, especially when you're selling it yourself on vinyl than there is on digital. But more importantly than that, you miss out on bundles. And we talked about this uh, with full plate records. Go back and listen to that episode. But I think there's, I have had so much like success with bundling things. And so let's say you take your vinyl record and then you add like a lyric book to it. So now that vinyl record was $25, it's now $35. And you've just added like an inexpensive booklet to it. Let's say maybe you have three or four previous releases on vinyl, either from your label or from that artist. And you take the new record, which is $25, and you bundle it with the artist's previous three records for $75. So now you've just increased this one purchase of $25 up to $75 or $85 or $95, whatever the bundle is. Maybe you throw in a t-shirt as well. Um, I've done test pressings. And so you can buy this record plus a $50 one of five test pressings. And people will buy all of these bundles. We talked about that on the incredible episode of Full Plate Records about how there are people out there that want to support your label. They want to support the artist. But more than that, they want to bless themselves. They want to treat themselves and give and, you know, buy the cool bundles, buy the cool uh, auxiliary products that go with the record. Some people just do that. You, you, have to, you have to provide an option for those people. You can't be like, oh, no, you know, I just buy vinyl. So therefore, everyone else probably shops the same way I do. That's not true. So the con is that you do miss out on those opportunities. The second con is that you miss out on social media content. Now, this is super vain, and I know it's kind of like a, a big eye roll, but I've talked about this on the show, and other labels have agreed with me, that when you press vinyl, taking a picture or using a digital mock-up of the vinyl really grabs people's attention far more than using a screenshot of Spotify or just uploading the album cover to Instagram. But to actually have a TikTok or a reel or a story of the artist opening the record, you know, opening the box from the pressing plant, taking out a record, taking the cellophane off, and seeing it for the very first time, that's a really cool promotional tool. And digital-only labels miss out on that. They miss out on a picture of the record in a record store, or when fans will get it in the mail, put it on their turntable, and then tag you. You miss out on that. Those are cool things that people actually do. And it creates some really cool social media content, which is important because it's telling other people about your record. They see it and they go, it's really cool. I like it, you know? And so that's one of the things, I mean, of course, with digital only labels, 
they operate on the internet. And so it's really important that you have some ways to catch people's attention. And so you might need to think, okay, how can we check some of these boxes? Even though we don't have vinyl, how can we come up with our own creative social media content that would maybe rival if we did have a picture of the artist opening the box and smelling his vinyl for the first time? Number three, the con number three is a lack of perceived value. So this kind of touches a little bit on the, the first two cons that I talked about. But I think, and I this is just speculation. I haven't done a, a study, and my study hasn't been published in any scientific journals. So take this with a grain of salt. But I feel like the general public, either consciously or subconsciously, uh, has a lower opinion of a record that is only released digitally. And opinion might be the wrong word. I just think there's lower perceived value because when I see an artist who's released a vinyl and uh, released a record digitally, of course, and then also on vinyl and cassette and CD, all the same artwork and a t-shirt and it's bundled with a ticket to go see them live. All of a sudden I'm like, whoa, this must be a pretty big deal because they've sunk all this money into this release there's a lot of people who believe in this record. Like I'm seeing it everywhere. I just think that kind of adds again, is it, does it make the music better? No, no, no. We, listen, part of this podcast is we have to talk about some of this, how the sausage is made. And I apologize, but it's the truth is that I think people see a vinyl and they have a higher perceived value. Like I said, going back a few minutes when I was talking about my side project, I don't really take that side project very seriously. It's just a creative outlet for me. It's like just something fun to, to keep me uh, interested, to, to learn about my equipment and to learn about music. It's, it's for me. I haven't pressed it on vinyl. I feel like if I were to press it on vinyl, all of a sudden there's a lot more accountability on me and it maybe shows to other people that I actually believe in this project and my previous experimental side project releases were were just, just fun. And I didn't maybe didn't fully believe in them or, or I wasn't really taking them seriously. And now it's out on vinyl. Oh, this must be important. You know what I mean? So again, I can't measure this, but maybe you felt this as a music fan where you see a record that's only released digitally and you maybe it has a lower perceived value and, and maybe you haven't recognized that, but it's happening subconscious and maybe just take note of it next time. But I think that is a con. Uh, I do think there's a little bit of, and it's like the social media thing, right? Social media is fake. Perceived value is fake. There is uh, some of my favorite albums. Uh, I, I, if I didn't own it on physical, I would still, it would still be my favorite music. So it's like, it has nothing to do with whether it exists in the real world or not. It comes out in sound waves and gets into my ears somehow. But just something to think about. Uh, and then finally, the last con is that that you have less to offer the artists who sign to your label or less to offer the artists you want to sign to your label. So if you're a digital only label, in fact, maybe you're a label who only releases on like digital downloads and doesn't even do streaming and therefore doesn't have a chance to earn revenue through um, editorial playlists or user generated playlists. So then what do you have to offer to an independent artist? Why should they sign with your record label? A lot of artists want big opportunities. They want to see their records in record stores. They want access to a physical distributor. 
which isn't always realistic and is probably not wise for them at that stage in their career. A lot of artists want vinyl. Even that's maybe not wise for them. If they haven't done vinyl before, if they don't have a big enough audience, they might be stuck with a lot of records. Maybe they want a financial investment. And so I think that digital-only labels don't always have a lot that they can offer uh, to an independent artist to kind of convince them to sign with their label. However, I think the way to kind of counter that is when these digital-only labels have created a community. They've created an audience of music fans that appreciate what they release. We've seen that with the labels we've had on this show who have YouTube channels. And so they're essentially digital-only labels. They don't always do vinyl. They don't. They rarely do vinyl or physical formats. Um, but they have a massive following on YouTube and they have a massive following on Spotify. And so the way to kind of counter, yeah, it's you, you don't have as much to offer uh, if you're a digital only label because you don't have as much that you can separate yourself from an artist who could just self-release on their own through DistroKid or through Bandcamp on their own. Um, but I think the way to kind of fix that problem is to just have a bigger audience uh, or to grow an audience and a community around what you release so that people come to you, trust you and your curation. Okay. So those are our pros and cons. Just to go over the cons again, missing out on high-priced items and bundles. Number two is missing out on social media content. Even though it's vain, it's true. Number three is a lack of perceived value for your records and possibly even for your, your label as a whole. Again, we can't measure that. And number four is that you might have less to offer the artists that you want to sign to your label. And so to go over our cons, again, expenses can be close to zero, flexibility in release dates, a reduced friction in starting up, and more creative freedom and experimentation. I've just explained the pros and cons. If there were no pros, I would suggest not to be a digital-only label. If there were no cons, I would suggest people stop pressing vinyl. In the case of digital-only labels or net labels, I don't think the cons outweigh the pros or vice versa. I think this is a great model, and I can see it working for you in the short term or even in the long term if you decide you never want to do physical products. That's cool. I also see it as a long-term challenge to find ways to stand out when you don't have attractive products like vinyl packages to show off on social media. Or maybe you invest into other parts of the business like sync licensing or selling beats or getting good at playlisting or building a YouTube channel and growing subscribers there. It becomes a challenge when you don't have some of the things that physical labels have that make their promotions easier. You now have to think, okay, what can I do to add perceived value to this record? Because it is it is built inherently without perceived value because it's just digital bits and bytes. So what can I do to add perceived value? You know what I mean? What can I offer the artists to them so that they'll sign with my label so that they don't think, oh, I could just do this on my own. And so those are the challenges that I hope that you take away from today's episode. But the short answer is yes, you can be a digital only label. You could be a digital only label for some things and a physical label. You could be a digital only label that eventually grows in to a physical and digital label. And you could be a digital only label 
that grows into always being a digital-only label, just a bigger and more successful digital-only label. I hope you found this helpful. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash netlabel. That's otherrecordlabels.com slash netlabel. And you can get the notes from today's episode. And by the way, please check out Infinite Catalog, our sponsor for today's episode. They have helped us out so much. They're good friends of mine. And if you're looking for a record label royalty solution, look no further. Go to infinitecatalog.com. Thanks for listening.